like I'd wake up and brush my teeth and fight my tangles of hair with a comb and go to work, but I wasn't really there for any of it. My days were floating by and I was not living any one of them. I used to love her. Maybe I still do. But I was turning into a little raft with a sail getting pushed down the river of life each time I blew out a birthday candle. I don't want that. I don't want that to be the way it is for her either. The new place is on the other side of town. I was approved yesterday and I haven't actually seen it in person yet. I'm taking over the lease for a guy who's leaving the state. He thought it was weird that I wanted it without taking a look, but I just needed to get out. Truth is, I thought it was weird the landlord let me sign without taking a look at me first. But I got the feeling he'd have given it to anyone to get the thing done. The pictures in the ad looked fine. It's small, but there's a yard and a stone walkway to the front door. I don't need much. A bed, a bathroom, a refrigerator. I'm good. Damn. It's a little colder out now. I made it through town and it's a short drive on a country road to the new address. I roll up the window most of the way. I still want the fresh air to keep me awake. It's not that late, but I haven't been sleeping well. The sky is a little darker, still with one or two traces of pink. Farmhouses and mailboxes shoot by as I follow the curves of the road. And then trees. Lots and lots of trees. There's an amber color taking over the sky as I get farther outside of town. My eyes are mostly focused ahead, but I steal a couple of looks at the place where the treetops stop and the sky opens up. Above those treetops, it's all the color of warm maple syrup now. And you know what? I'm feeling good. Things feel like they're going to shape up okay. She's going to hurt for a little while, but then she's going to find her feet. And she'll find someone decent who loves her all the time. I'll probably hurt for a while, but I'm going to use my time to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to stay up late and watch old TV shows and probably make it into work a few days late. But uh, that's all. It's going to be okay. I'm kind of... What is that? There's something just sitting there in the road ahead. I slow down a little and poke my head out the window to check it out as I roll by. Ah, just a piece of clothing. Looks like a coat. Jesus, the shit people throw out in the places they throw it. I press the gas a little harder and I'm back up to speed. That color and those buttons, though. So distinct. Kind of a light green with brown wooden buttons. She called it sea foam when she bought it for me. But I left it in the basement. A grown man only wears a raincoat if he's a lawyer or if he's sitting on a board of directors somewhere, and I'm neither of those. I haven't worn it in years. I saw it hanging above me in the basement closet when I was digging in there for wrenches yesterday. So what the hell would it be doing here on a road on a Wednesday night? But that was the same green. No way it's mine. Some lawyer must have gotten too rich for it and tossed it out the window of his Lexus. I think it's Wednesday, right? I haven't been sleeping well. I had this dream last night. Or it was the night before. Maybe the night before that. In the dream, I woke up and had a cup of coffee and stared out the front window of our house. I poured some more into a travel mug and got in the car. So it usually stalls out if I move the shifter too fast. 
There's a grinding sound, and then it's a brick. But I threw it into drive, no problem. I cruised around for a bit, didn't really know where I was going. I stopped at a light and waited, drumming my hands on the wheel to a song that was playing. It wasn't only playing in the car, though. It was like it was playing in the outside world, too. It was something big sounding with guitars and an organ and this heavy beat. The light changed and man, I took off. My tires squealed as a crash cymbal hit and I started flying, tearing down a straightaway, hooking a left and skidding through it a little fishtail, but I was in control. There were no other cars around at all, so I started blowing through the stop signs and the lights. I twisted the volume knob and that music outside turned up even louder. I started honking the horn like a fool, pounding a fist in the center of the wheel. Familiar sights went by in a blur. The grocery store I used to work at in high school, uh, the video store and the corner shop next to it where my friend and I used to buy five bucks worth of candy each and then sit on the steps and figure out what movie we were going to rent. I whipped the car around a turn and started to head back to the center of town. I pointed the wheels toward the bank and city hall and gunned it down the long straight shot in front of me. 35, 37, 41, 60 miles per hour. I turned the volume knob again and the world blasted out the song even louder. 75 miles per hour. And then I saw something fly up in front of me. Or did I hear a thump first? I hit the brakes hard and came to an ugly stop. The music was gone. There was just the engine idle and the silence of the town. And 20 yards behind me there was something in a striped shirt on the street. My heart beat once every two seconds, and it was all I could focus on. That thump. It made more noise than the impact moments ago. I breathed out, and I breathed in, and I stared at the little shape in my rearview mirror, not moving. Never once moving. I held the brake and put the shifter in reverse, leaving my hand on it. It kept resting there, my hand. And then I put the car in drive. I held the steering wheel steady and I stared at the lump in the pavement in the rear view as it disappeared behind me. The last thing I remember was losing my grip on the wheel. My hands became slick all of a sudden and I couldn't hold on. The brake pedal stopped working and the gas was somehow pinned to the floor without my foot on it. When gripping became impossible, I tried to correct the course by desperately batting the steering wheel with my palms. I lost control completely. The car's wheels jumped the curb and then I was awake. I knew it was a dream. I must have. There's no way in hell I would have driven away from that in real life. I'd stop the car. I'd call somebody. I'd make sure everything's okay and if not, I'd pay for what I'd done. I knew I didn't actually hurt anyone. But the feeling, that slimy feeling of fucking up and wanting to get away with it that has stuck around when did that happen the needle on the gas gauge is pointing at empty but the empty light didn't come on and the car isn't doing that lurchy thing it does when it gets below a quarter tank I know I was almost full last night can't be that much farther to the new place anyway whatever another expense this month great Security deposit first month electric water and fuel gauge repair. And food. I'm going to stock the new place with the kind of trash I wasn't ever allowed to put in our house. Frozen pizza, canned pasta, and dark beer. I'm going to keep raw meat in the refrigerator again. 
haven't been able to do that for years. The calories that I'm going to put on the first paper plate in this place would disgust even a casual jogger. I look at the fuel needle again and it's still on empty. There are headlights coming up from a quarter mile behind me in the rear view. The first other car I've seen this whole drive. The car is coming up a little faster than I'm going, but I'm in no rush, so I'll hold my speed where it is. The road looks straight for miles still, and there's a dotted center line so it can pass me if it wants. My shoulders are tired from moving my things around. When I said I packed my things in the car last night, what I meant was I loaded it up, then brought all the shit back in seven or eight times before I finally left it in the car. The whole back seat is loaded with loose junk. A few books, my hockey skates, cleaning supplies. There he goes. No turn signal for the pass. I feel like no one uses him anymore. I'm going 55 and he's doing just under 60. It's that slow kind of pass where you're careful to maintain your exact speed. Careful not to nudge the gas at all so you don't seem like an asshole who doesn't want to let another car get by. I rub my thumbs along the underside of the steering wheel and watch the car move up out of the corner of my eye. Hey, what the hell? He's not moving past. Just hanging out there with our wheels even. I let off the gas pedal to drop back and let him get on his way. From slightly behind, I see that it's a rusted gray shitbox with no plate on the back. Something long and boxy. Looks like it was a hand-me-down from the 70s. In the darkness outside, the taillights are almost blinding. I squint against them, and that's when something turns in my stomach. Because the shitbox, it slows down. It slows just until it's matched up with me again. And it stays right alongside me on this otherwise empty road. I look over, but I can't see the driver through the windows. It's not that they're tinted, it's that they're filthy covered in dust and smeared with paint or mud that's dried out. I can only see a pair of elbows attached to a body. Do I know this person? Do I know anybody who would pull this kind of thing? Whoever it is isn't waving. What he is doing is drifting over into my lane. Even closer. Jesus, he's trying to run me off. I stomp the brakes and the seatbelt bites into my chest just before the shitbox cuts into my lane completely. I grab the steering wheel and fight with it to stay on the blacktop. The tires scream and my car skids to a stop in the center of the road. When I look up, I see the taillights fading. The gray car's engine rumbles and skips as it cranks out its top speed. It sounds like an angry dog that almost wants you to get too close. Then it's gone. I pull to the side of the road to straighten out before I try to drive again. I don't have many friends, and I don't have any enemies that I know about. So whether this was a joke or an attack, it must have been random. Jesus, my heart is beating. Calm down. Calm down, I'm good. Just another few minutes on this road. I look over to the passenger seat at the directions I scribbled onto a piece of paper. Ten more miles and then a right at a stop sign. I'm leaving everything in the car when I get there. There's a one-car garage with a lock on it, according to the ad. I just have to hope the keys are under the coffee can like they're supposed to be. Wouldn't that be a pain in the ass? If they're not, I can sleep in the car and bitch the landlord out in the morning. 
but they'll be there. There's no need to solve a problem that doesn't exist yet. Okay, the shifter goes like this, and the steering wheel goes like this, and we're moving again. There are still some shakes in my hands working themselves out. I alternate banging each one in the center of the wheel, and the horn goes off a few times. The old leather on the wheel feels hard and tight from the cold. Man, it's gotten chilly. It's like the temperature has dropped 15 degrees since I got outside of town. Time to get the windows back up all the way. Let's get some heat going in here. What? It's blowing out air, but it's freezing. The dial is all the way to the red side. I put the back of my hand right up to it to check it. Yeah, it's cold. God damn it. The thing that makes no sense at all is the gauge on the dashboard, the engine temperature. The needle there is all the way down, resting right on the C. How? The car's been running for a while now, and it's making weird noise. Something low and rough sounding. I shut the heat off, and it's still there. It's getting louder. But it's not my car. I look through the windshield and see it driving toward me. It looks bigger this time somehow. I pull the wheel to the right and slow down, trying to give it all the space I can, hoping it's going to blast right by me. I stop, but my foot is still resting on the gas. I didn't turn the radio on. What is happening? The gray shitbox gets closer and I see that it's not any bigger, but there are huge plumes of smoke spewing out from under the hood. How is that thing even running? How can he see through those black clouds? I can feel the rumble of the engine in my chest now, each piston a hard fingertip jabbing my sternum. I don't see a damn thing with all the fucking smoke. It sounds like he's gone past me. Now. Now, go. I kick the gas and hold it down. My car groans, but I stay right where I am. The shifter's in drive, but all I'm doing is revving the engine, not moving at all. Jesus, come on, come on. I'm not going to get killed by some psycho on a back road the day I finally got the balls to leave her. No. Go. A blast of wind hits the side of my car and blows away some of the black smoke around me. And I see the old gray car slowly creeping in reverse until it's right alongside me. I hit the switch for the power locks again and again and stare as the grimy driver's side window rolls down. My feet feel like ice. I've always wondered if I was brave. And as the ice spreads to the rest of my body, up my legs, across my stomach, through my arms, all the way up my throat, I realize that I'm not. The thing looking over at me is dead. The skin is dull and loose. The thin and black hair is long. There are eyes in the sockets, but they're set impossibly deep. There's an angle in the way its head rests on its shoulders, like the neck isn't quite strong enough to support it. The lips are nearly white with huge cracks in them, pieces of flesh the size of peppercorns missing. I have never seen this thing before. But inside its case of ice in my chest, my heart feels that there's a familiarity. The lips are moving. Is it saying something? No, not saying anything. There's a dry scraping sound coming from its mouth as it blows slow kisses at me, over and over. I vomit onto my shirt. 
I don't think the thing has the organs for laughter, but it tilts its head back and shakes it. It pounds on the horn and a horrible shrill tone blares from the car. A surge of adrenaline and fear pumps into my blood. I floor the gas and this time the gears catch, pressing me back into my seat. I get 30 feet of separation before the dead thing catches up in the other lane, still going in reverse. All I smell is smoke. All I can hear is that brittle horn. Something under its hood catches fire and throws flickering shadows all around. The flaming car crashes against mine, pushing. The crunch and scraping sound of metal fills my head. I turn the wheel back to the left, toward the center line, trying to hold it there. Up ahead, there's a T-intersection, the stop sign from my directions. A guardrail along the new road separates the blacktop from where the land drops into a steep hillside. We're both going to go over. I stomp the brakes, but they're gone. I kick the emergency brake on the left. Nothing. What the fuck is wrong with this car? Before today, it only had that exhaust leak and the stalling thing. The stalling thing? There's half a mile until the guardrail. I have no idea if this'll work. With one hand still fighting with the wheel, I reach back and feel for my old hockey helmet. Steady? Okay. I jam the thing onto my head. Through the cage, I look over at the thing. It stares at me. The fire from the hood of the gray car has spread. The dead thing is now wrapped in flames, and in their light, I can see it as clear as day. My God. Oh my God, it's me. And it's her. In the same body, both of us. Her nose, my eyes, her teeth, and my brow. All of it encased in torn flesh. It's her and it's me. Both of us together, our physicality degraded by death. Impossible. No. Impossible. I repeat myself over and over, my mind crushed into stupidity. But my hands execute the plan. They grab the shifter. Quickly, forcefully, they throw it from drive through neutral, shoving it through reverse and into park. Something grinds and my engine goes dead. My hands tear the wheel to the right and the sounds of skidding rise from the road. Four long seconds pass before we hit the guardrail. The thing looks at me. One, still it looks. Two, still. Three, the chalky lips are smiling. Four, impact. The cars break away from each other. My head smashes against the driver's side window. There's the sound of someone breaking a dozen eggs into a megaphone. My left shoulder bashes the door and my seatbelt holds me in place roughly as my limbs flop like a rag doll. What happened? Where is it? My senses are useless for several breaths. The thing I'm most aware of is that I didn't go over the rail. My door is bent inward, but I'm still on the road. My aching neck lifts my head. I look through the spider webs in the window to see the flaming car still bouncing and rolling down the hill, farther and farther away from me. Eventually, the light of the fire stops moving. The door groans as I open it. I look down into the valley. Several yards from the burning car at the bottom, there's a tiny burning shape. It doesn't move an inch. My car starts when I try it. I don't know how, but it does. I can't get it over 15 miles an hour and the steering wheel has gone to hell, but it drives. I want to get off the road, 
I don't understand what that was. Someone with a skin disease. And maybe I'm so drained that my mind grafted our features onto its face, mine and hers. The face that's burning off back there in the valley right now. I just want to get to my new house, my new life. I'll fall asleep on the floor. Jesus, I'm so tired. I'll call the cops tomorrow. I just want to sleep. I can barely focus on reading these directions. I'm fighting the wheel each time I make a turn. The neighborhood looks quiet. Nothing but two or three porch lights on for the last few blocks. I make the last turn onto my block. Some of the houses look freshly painted and have plants on the porch. Others look like they get less attention from their owners. Mine looked somewhere in between in the ad. I hear the dropping pitches of sirens as they rush toward the scene I just fled. The house numbers are painted on the curb in black over bright white rectangles. The car can barely drag itself down the street. It's easy to read each number at this speed. 319, 321, 325... 325? What? It's not just a number that's missing. Between two beautiful houses where someone must have mowed the lawn last week, there's an empty lot. About the size of the house I saw in the ad. No. I actually recognize the houses on either side now, from the pictures. The blue one and the white one. They're supposed to be next to my gray one. What is this? I park and shove open the door. An ugly groan comes out of it. The light from the street lamp shows me the dried puke on my shirt. And something else. There, in the empty space where there's supposed to be a house, where I was supposed to start over, there's a person sitting on the ground. He's wearing dark clothing with a hood thrown up over his head. A junkie or something. His knees are drawn up to his chest as he rocks back and forth. I don't know where it comes from. There's no house here to protect, no physical structure to kick this person out of, but a wave of vicious anger hits me. I want him gone. Out. Now. I want to kick his ribs. I want to hold his wrist so he can't run and hit him until my hand goes numb. Then I want to throw him into the street and hear him land hard. I'm walking over. Over the curb where my number isn't painted over the grass where there should be a stone walkway. I'm going to hit him and I'm going to shout in his face. I'm going to snap him out of his bullshit with a foot to the head. One more step left. All right, you trespassing piece of shit. Without saying anything out loud, I move to kick him. But I stop. Because time stops. And he lifts himself off the ground while I'm frozen. The black hood falls. The face is mostly burned off. Patches of her dead hair are left on the damaged scalp. My green eyes look into themselves, one set sunken and dull. I'm on my knees. It looks down at me with hunger. I'm so tired. And its hand is around my neck. The street lights dim. It wants to consume me. It is consuming me. The lips are a thin paste of organic matter over bone. They move steadily closer to mine. Its grip tightens. Black moves in from the edges of everything I can see. 
The dead lips meet mine and I know I'll never taste again. I let my eyes close and think of anything but her. I pick my head up from the steering wheel. A plastic bag of groceries sits alone in the back seat. What did I buy? Onions and butter? I open the back door carefully and reach into the back for the bag. With it looped over a wrist and a cane in the other hand, I climb out, then hobble to the front door. Jesus, my bones ache. The little glass pane in the front door shows my thin white hair before I push it open. I can already smell something cooking on the stove. Cherry, oh cherry, can you make it just a few more miles? For it's getting late, and when the sun goes down, things are going to start to turn a bit hostile. I am shy and bleeding now And you are faltering from a fall For all the things that I should have seen Oh, I have failed to heed the call If my words grow weak Will you carry me? For I can't make it on my own And if I drift away They may find me here Atop a pile of your pale bleached bones Come to find that old broke down bridge. We can pass behind the waterfall where the muted moans and the silent scream echo from the bottom of the canyon wall. 
lantern And it's burning bold Oh, we must be getting close by now Or I can taste the smoke And I can smell the clay And I can feel it in the dusty ground Cherry, old cherry, can you make it over one more hill? Then you can rest your head on the soft, sweet grass and let your beating heart be still.